Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated, evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. In this episode, I'm interviewing Jody Warshawski, the voice behind the podcast Accepting the Unacceptable. Jody is a parent to a five year old girl named Remy who was diagnosed with a rare genetic condition that results in cluster seizures and autism. Jody shares all about her journey and has developed a great community of special needs parents through her podcast. Honestly, this conversation with her left me really touched and really inspired. As you'll hear in a few minutes, Jody shares some really personal details about the discovery of Remy's diagnosis and her struggles with accepting the diagnosis and coming to terms with this. She discusses the stages of grief and has some really, really great advice for any teachers listening on how to connect with the parents of your students a little bit better. I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation because I absolutely fell in love with Jody, and I know you will too. So let's jump in. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sasha. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking to parents. I mean, I love just talking in general, but I really love talking to parents because I get always... I always get new perspective when I talk to parents of kids with special needs. So I'm really excited to hear kind of your expertise in this area. Oh, thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your daughter, Remy? Yeah. So I have a daughter, Remy. She's five now. She's almost six. And um, so I have I have four children and two. the first two uh, were 
they were eight and 10 when Remy was born. And uh, neurotypical kids, you know, there's nothing, nothing different about like raising them at all as, you know, than what I expected, all the challenges that come with parenting. (laughs) And then I got pregnant and had a miscarriage. And this was, um, I was devastated when that happened. And after about a year, I got pregnant again and I was really, really scared. I was going to have another miscarriage, but it, I didn't. And then I found out that I was going to have a girl and I was so excited because I thought that I only made boys. So (laughs) I'm like, yay. I, I just felt like, I felt like I was always meant to be a mom of a girl. And this is like, this is this is kind of a problem that I had because I fantasized about what life would be like to have a daughter. And I did that since I was little, like, oh, when I have a daughter, you know, we're going to, we're going to dress the same and I'll take her to the movies. I'll, I'll share all the things that I had when I was growing up and, and I had everything played out in my mind. And um, so when I found out I was having a daughter, I was so excited. I went to the store. I got a little dress <laughs> just to take pictures of the dress. And and that's just when my fantasy started to run wild. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a girl. And when she was born, perfectly healthy. And the first few months were like beyond my imagination because she never cried ever. I even Googled like baby that doesn't cry. And everything that came up was like, oh, you should, you should count your blessings. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, yeah. All right. And, um, and so I was just like the luckiest mom. I had two older brothers that loved her to death and, um, life was perfect. I mean, there was, it was amazing. And when she was, when she was about nine months old, we woke up one day and, and totally typical day, but Remy was really fussy. Like she was kind of rolling around on the bed and I tried to nurse her and she didn't calm down. And, and I thought that was weird, but it, 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 it seemed like maybe she just, I don't know, she didn't feel good or she was getting sick. And so my husband picked her up and was holding her and I walked in the other room to make some coffee and he called me in. He said, Jody, something's wrong with Remy. And my first thought was, what could be wrong with her? I just left. Like he was just holding her. Like we were laying on the bed. What could be wrong? But I could hear in the tone of his voice that I needed to run. And when I came in there, Remy, her, she was completely stiff and all the color was out of her face and her eyes were open, but they weren't connecting with us. And I didn't know what was happening. And it happened so fast, but it looked like she was dying and the first thing I thought was that she was choking. And I, and, and I said, turn her upside down and smack her on the butt. Like, I, I don't. And then he's like, choking on what? There was nothing in her mouth. So we called 911. They gave us instructions on how to give her mouth to mouth. And the rest of that story was just out-of-body experience. Because one minute we were laying in bed deciding what we were going to do for the day. And then the next minute we were in the hospital, she had tubes down her throat. She had a team of, of doctors and nurses and specialists surrounding her bed. 
and we didn't know what was happening. So what they ended up saying is Remy's having a seizure and we're not able to stop it. And we have to intubate her because she's not breathing. So we stepped back and said, do your thing, save our daughter. And um, over over the next, and then I looked at the time when, when they were explaining what was happening, and she had been having a seizure for over 45 minutes. And I didn't know anything about seizures, but I, I just assumed like that seems like a long seizure to me. I, I don't I don't know, but it seems like is that is that normal? And they said no, and we don't know why it's happening. And so over the next few days, she got all the tests, all of the an MRI, an EEG, a spinal tap, genetic test. She got all of the all of the all the tests, and. During all of her tests, she had four more seizures like that that they couldn't stop. And um, and then she was okay for a day, and they said, okay, now you can go home. And we were like, "What? wait, what? Like, <laughs> what? Why did she have seizures? What, what are we going to do? And they said, oh, just give her this medication. She'll be fine. And we were like, well, how are we going to sleep? Like, what if she has a seizure in the middle of the night? Like, what are we going to do? We just didn't get any information. And so we took we took Remy home and me and Zach, my husband, we started taking turns sleeping so that one person was always watching her at all times. We had a phone in one hand to call 911 and we would take shifts in sleeping. And then one night it was my shift to watch her and I fell asleep. It was like three in the morning. I fell asleep and Zach woke up and he's like, Jody, why are you sleeping? And I woke up and and I felt like the worst person in the world. Like, how could I fall asleep? What if she had a seizure? This, like, I, I don't I don't know how we can continue this. Like, I didn't mean to fall asleep. It just happened. And so that started the beginning of a very traumatic couple years. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. Because we had no answers and we just had this medication that we were hoping was working and we didn't know why she was having a seizure, having seizures. And so um long long story short, we finally got an answer that she has a genetic mutation called PCDH19. And when the neurologist called us, she said, "I would really rather do this in person, but since you guys are where you are and we're in San Francisco, it's really, it's two hour drive. I'll do this over the phone. And and she told us, you know, Remy has PCDH19. And we said, okay, what's that? <sighs> and then she said, it's, it's like Dravet syndrome. And we're like, okay, what's that? And she goes, don't Google anything. Just come and see me as soon as you can. And of course, while we're on the phone, we're You're already Googling, Googling it. it. I'm already yeah. Google. I'm like, okay, you just gave us an answer. Of course, we're going to Google it. And um, we found little information, but we did find information about all of the people that have been diagnosed with PCDH19, which were about 400. We learned that it's um, a disorder that only affects girls, there are a few boys, but mostly girls. Um, we learned that most of the people that have this disorder also have autism or other kind of, of uh, neurological 
stuff going on like schizophrenia or OCD. It just, it's kind of, um, it, it presents itself different in, in each person. But the thing that makes it similar is that um, all of the kids that when they have a seizure, they stop breathing and the seizure, the seizures will cluster. So when they have one, they'll have a bunch more. So that's kind of like what makes um, PCH19 what it is. So um, I started to talk to other parents and I started to see that the most information that I was getting was from other parents. It wasn't from doctors or specialists or nurses because they had no idea at any time we'd go to the hospital, they would all be Googling PCDH19. They had no idea what it what it was. So I started to get really um, close to a lot of other parents that were going through the same the same type of thing. And Remy's first couple years were really hard because every week or two or three, she would have these clusters and her seizures would last between two and five minutes and she would have probably like 80 to 200 seizures in a matter of a few days and we would pump her full of drugs or we would take her to the hospital and we just felt like okay this is this is her life this is our life and um, she was in the hospital one time for four weeks having over 100 seizures a day and then another time for six weeks and um at the same time, I was pregnant with our fourth child. <laughs> so we were thinking like, how are we going to live in the hospital and have another baby and deal with all of this? So luckily, that was four years ago that she was in the hospital and she hasn't been back since. Congrats so on that. That's, that's amazing. But she um, she has seizures still every week to three weeks. But we just know how to take care of her now. And um, the reason why I wanted to kind of like share that story is because I feel like parents all have a version of that story when their kids are different than what they planned. Mm -hmm. So if, um, if Remy also has autism, we discovered that when she was two and a half. Um, and so what, what I've learned by talking to other parents is that that version, that that trauma that I experienced and that our family experienced, it's kind of universal when you have a kid that has special needs and um, nobody knows what to do. We're all trying to figure it out and um, nobody in our life can relate to us. And so I love... I love what you do and I love your podcast and, and how you speak to teachers and what you teach because our families are desperate to learn and we just are so drawn to people who love our kids just like we do. So sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Anyway. That's and I think kind that's a good, story. you know, that's a really good prompt to teachers because I think 
to find out those stories because that's such a connection. Like I'm sure everyone that's listening to this now is like, like feels connected to you. Like they know you've shared something really personal and hard. And a lot of times as teachers, you know, we just start the year and we're busy and we got a new kid and this, and you just get caught up in, in everything else to stop and be like, like, Hey, like, how are things going? And, and, you know, do, do you have friends that you can chat with about this? Because like you said, you know, your, your life is very different, not only than what you thought it would be, but then a lot of your peers' lives and your friends' lives or family members' lives. And it's hard then to find those connections and thank God for the internet that we can find that. Oh but, gosh, yes. um, you know, I think that's a good prompt to teachers to kind of figure those, those stories out. And one thing that, popped in my head when you were talking is, you know, you're talking about like the expectation and we have this, you know, idea in our head of how things are going to go. And, you know, my first few years teaching, I was a junior high teacher and I had an experience, some experiences with parents where I could see that they were kind of going again through that grieving process and that shift in expectations. And my initial reaction, and I'm like 22, so don't judge me for what I was thinking, but, you know, was like, oh my gosh, like, how are they not like used to this already. Like their kids are 13, their kids are 14, but it dawned on me that, you know, at every stage of life, there's that new shift in expectations. You know, my kid might not drive. Uh, my kid's high school is going to look very different. You know, you're starting to think about adulthood and it's going to kind of keep, you know, you're going to keep having that, you know, disconnect potentially in like expectations and what, you know, life is. I love that you said that about grieving because what I've learned is that we all go through the grieving process in different ways. Um, but but when but when your child is not what you expected, there's a there is a grieving process. And I just want to say to all of you teachers that I'm sure you can relate to what I'm about to say is. Sometimes you get the worst of the parents. Sometimes <laughs> we give you our worst and it's it it must be hard to be on the receiving end of that. But what I've learned is that some people can grieve quickly and some people it takes a lifetime. And so the so the stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. And each of those stages were in at one point or another. And um, you probably get, if you get those angry parents, you know, they're in the stage of anger and confusion. And for me, when I was angry, when I was in that stage, it was, it was everybody was wrong about everything. I was mad at my friends because they weren't saying the right things or they weren't, weren't there for me when I needed them. I was mad that I had all this responsibility. I was mad that it was just everything uh, there. It was, it was easy to point the finger outwards because of all the pain that I was having inside. And then denial, I'm sure you've encountered a lot of parents that are in complete denial. Oh, my kid's fine. This is not an issue. Why are you even saying anything? Like, and I'm sure that's a tough balance too, because on one point we want teachers and we want people to tell us if there are concerns. Like a lot of people that have kids with autism, the stories that I hear all the time is, 
how come no one told me? How come when I asked, nobody would say, yeah, it's probably autism or how come they didn't say, say anything? And, um, and then there's also the, you know, when people do say something and I can't believe they said that and, (laughs) and they get, you know, the teachers will get blamed for being rude and mean and, and not loving, loving the child like we do. And so I'm sure you get all of that, but, um, (laughs) we are just so scared all the time to release our kids into the world because we've protected them for so long that the thought of just sending them to school is the scariest feeling in the world because we're like, we're thinking they don't know what the kid has been through. They don't know what we've been through. They don't know, they don't know any of that. And, and for me to just kind of walk away and go home and let, let my child be at school. It's scary also because a lot of our kiddos can't talk. So they can't come home and say, oh, this is what I did today. And this is what I worked on. And, and so we're just like in the dark, just scared to death. So I do. I I say that all the time. Every time I do a behavior training, I tell all the teachers, I say, you know, because when you're dealing with aggressive and challenging behaviors, I get it. It's easy to feel like burnt out and over it and all that. But at the end of the day, you're talking about someone's baby. And even if they're 15 years old and 220 pounds, they're still someone's baby and they're someone's whole world. And, and just like you said, they can't come home and say like, I didn't feel safe today or, you know, today was a great day. And I, you know, I just, I can't imagine how absolutely terrifying that is to put a kid on a bus or drop a kid at a doorway and be like, good luck, like without knowing, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard to put yourself in someone's shoes when you really can't, but to just try to, you know, take their perspective and see and try to see things from their side as much as you can. And when a teacher vents to me that like, oh my gosh, this parent is, you know, like you've said, in denial or angry or this, or or just, you know, really like aggressive and in there, I'm always like, well, you know, damn, that kid is really lucky to have such a great advocate for a parent because that parent really loves their kids. Yeah. And and, and I would every I would every day rather have an overly aggressive parent than a non-involved parent. And people will probably disagree with me on that, but you know, I want that parent that wants to show up there. Yeah, for sure. Do you um, want to know the biggest fear of every single special needs parent? Yes. I'll get really deep right now. This is the biggest fear. This is the biggest fear. I hear it every single day. I am afraid to die because no one will love my kid the way that I do. And so all of us parents, we have to live till we're 200 years old so that we can always be there for our kids because no one else will love our kids the way we do. So the biggest, the hugest, biggest piece of advice that I would ever give anybody working with our kiddos is love them as much as you can. That speaks volumes to the parent. If we know that the people that are working with our kids actually really care about them, it's the biggest gift because we feel alone in that. So that's just something that we, it's like, it's it's an unspoken fear and it's also a spoken fear. We're just kind of like, you know, I, you know, people don't treat them well and, and I'm the only one who knows how to take care of them. And 
when when our kids are in a really good environment with a really good classroom, which if you're listening to this podcast, then this is your classroom because <laughs> you're 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 seeking knowledge and you want to know more and you want to be better. So so this is the classroom that we want our kids in is yours. And when when that when that goes well, it's it's just it's it's like um it's it's the most support that we that we can ever get. So I love it when people are like, "Oh, Remy's my favorite," or "She's so cute," and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. you see her the way I yes. do." Like, I that's love why that. I always tell people, you know, for IEPs, like, and everyone's worried about the time and it's going to take too long, but spend five minutes and tell the stories, tell the cute stories, the funny stories. That oh my god, guess what he said at lunch today? It was hilarious. Like, people want you to think that their kid is hilarious and that their kid is adorable and that you know your their kid is sweet and that they see that things that are probably challenging too, are also endearing because sometimes they are. Um, so, oh my gosh, thank you for that advice. That is, that is huge. Cause you know, I've, I've talked to parents that have said the same things or, you know, I know for high school transition teachers listening, that's a big part of the conversation is, is those, pl- are those plans. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, parents want to shut it down. Like, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just not going to die. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. okay. Like I I get emotionally where that comes from, but like, let's be real. You are so, and I, I can't imagine what it's like making those plans. And I was actually talking with um, my aunt has an adult or a 19 year old with a disability and talking about who will take guardianship and the older sister will. And someone kind of came at her like, was that fair to his sister? And she was like, well, no, but that's what it's going to be. You know, that's what his sister wants to do. And it's, it's huge decisions to make. And I think as much as a teacher can be a support for a parent in those times, you know, the better, because it's more people together in that process. And do you know, do you know, I, I feel like I have um, a secret to tell any parent who has that fear is that we are the change that needs to happen in the world that we want everybody to accept our kids. We want everyone to love our kids. And the reality is so many people are afraid of our kids. They, they, they think they're weird and they, they make fun of them. And, and we see that and we're just scared to death because we don't want to release our kids out into a world like that. But when, when we're able to use our voice and educate people and show people how amazing our kids are and what you're doing with your podcast and with your voice and is empowering teachers and empowering parents to see the positive things in, in the kids. The more we do that, the more safe of a planet that we'll have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not super worried because I know that as I get older, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out what it needs to do because I, I've learned how to do that raising Remy. I've learned how to figure things out. So I think a big fear a lot of people have is like, oh, what's going to happen in 20 or 30 years? Well, we don't know what's going to happen, but we'll figure it out at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think the more people that embrace our kids and love them and and all of that is is so helpful. And And another thing, I'm sorry, I'm just chatting away oh. but oh this is amazing yes keep going <laughs> <laughs> another thing that i would that i would say to teachers is when you get that aggressive parent or when you get that worried parent or that that really difficult parent 
you you have the power to change that around all all by saying, hey, I am so concerned just like you. We're going to figure this out. That alone is like, oh, okay, that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm yelling at you or when I'm writing that email or when I'm calling an IEP meeting or what, whatever it is, I just want you to tell me like, no, I care. I care too. Like, we'll figure yeah. this out. We'll figure this out together. And I hear you. Together. Like, you feeling heard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. I love your perspective and your, and your message. What, what, so you have, tell us a little bit about your podcast and kind of what inspired you to share your story and kind of start this community of parents. Um, Okay. So starting the podcast has been the scariest thing I've ever done. It's completely (laughs) out of my comfort zone. And which is shocking because you seem very comfortable. (laughs) Chatting away. So weird. I don't know. Um, so one of the things, okay, this, uh, I'm going to make a short story long. No, don't do it, Jody. Um, <laughs> so I talk a lot about grieving and um, I was, I was deep in the grieving process um, a couple years ago and I found myself, we went to, um, Remy was having seizure after seizure after seizure and I was overwhelmed, no sleep, no break. And every time my husband and I decided to go on a date or go out for a couple hours, if we ever had that opportunity, she'd have she'd have another seizure and we'd have to cancel our plans. And that happened probably 10 times in a row. And by the end of that, I thought, I'm never going to plan anything. I'm never going to do anything. I'm giving up. I like forget hope. I'm done. Like this is just too much. And then I thought, hmm, actually, we should go on a trip. We'll go on a trip. I'll, I'll cover all of the areas of, of worry. We'll make sure we're near a hospital. We'll make sure we have all of the oxygen equipment. We'll have everything that if Remy had a seizure, she can have it while we're on our trip. And we'll be able to take care of her. And we're going to have an amazing time. And so I planned to a T the most amazing vacation. Our whole family went to Oregon and we we rented this beautiful house on the lake and we were spending Thanksgiving there. And our plan was to cook and to play games and to just have an amazing time. And everything was okay when we went. But I found myself not wanting to get out of bed and come downstairs at all. I was completely depressed. And I thought that if we went on this trip, that I was going to be able to leave all my worries behind me. And what I realized is I just brought them with me. And so it was in that time that I realized that I was depressed. It was like a realization like, okay, this is depression. And then at the same time, I also realized I don't want to be depressed. Like, Remy's not going to get better. So I, there has to be a way for me to be able to live a happy life with the conditions that we have. And so then I started to change all of that negative chatter in my head. And the, the way that I did that, I literally had to listen to different thoughts because all of my thoughts were negative that I put in headphones and I started watching YouTube videos on motivation. And then I discovered podcasts and like 100% of the day, I just had people in my ear talking about 
living life with abundance and having an amazing life regardless of your circumstances. And so that started to change the dialogue in my head because I was drowning out everything with these negative feelings like Remy's life is going to suck. Our life is going to suck. We can never go anywhere. She has autism. I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with these behaviors, like all of that I needed to shut that down. And so when I when I started going through that process, I just decided, hey, I should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and um I just start I just started right after that. But what um what I've learned in the process and I've met so many parents that what I've learned is that we we all all of us are going through something really difficult. And when we can kind of bring acceptance to what is happening in our lives, then we can see the purpose in it. And um, the purpose that I've seen with Remy being my daughter is she is like my, she's like my spiritual teacher. Like she has expanded my soul that would never have happened if she wasn't here and if she didn't struggle with the things that she struggled with. So I turned something that was really, really, really hard and I changed my perspective on that and realized that her having autism, her having epilepsy is the thing that can make me be a better person and the thing that makes everyone around her be a better person because everyone I know that knows Remy is better because of her. And I wanted to share that message with other parents because so many of us are just in this in this state of what am I going to do? This is a curse. This is this is a curse on my life. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I planned. I don't know how to do this. And um, I just want people to know, like, no, appreciate this because there's beauty in it. And so discovering that and then meeting other people who don't have kids with special needs, people like you, Sasha, who care about our kids. It is so beautiful. And um, the transformation that I've seen in people being able to look at their situation and say, you know what, even though all of these things are in our life that I wouldn't have wanted, I'm going to start to learn to see the beauty in that. And when we do that, we're teaching our kids that there's nothing wrong with them. And if if I looked at Remy and I always said, you shouldn't have autism, you shouldn't have epilepsy, this is wrong, like you're cursed. If that's my feeling, then she's going to grow up always being ashamed of that and always feeling like there's something wrong with her. And that is like the last thing that I want to do. I want her to be proud of herself and be happy no matter what. So she's taught me how to do that. And I'm kind of started a podcast just to talk to other parents and share that message. Wow. I mean, what an, I mean, amazing is truly the word here. What an amazing message for other parents to hear and maybe parents who aren't kind of at the stage that you're at yet. um, I'm like all about that growth mindset that they're not there yet, but showing them that they can be. And I mean, I, and I say this to a lot of parents and I always really mean it when I say it, but Remy is so lucky to have you as her mom and you were really, you know, meant to be her mom and, and to be there. So what a, and what a gift you've given to this whole community of special needs parents at bringing them together and 
talking about, and I know you share a lot of, you know, personal stories and the good, bad, and the ugly sometimes. And people want to hear that, that it's, it's not all sunshines and rainbows, but there can be a way to turn something into a huge positive. So, you know, thank you for, for being honest, because that's hard. And that takes a lot of, of guts and bravery. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank okay. You. So you, your podcast is called Accepting the Unacceptable. Yep. Accepting and it's on, it, on all podcast, podcast platforms, right? Yep. It's everywhere so just, you listen to podcasts. Yep. And you yeah. interview different parents so, and share yeah, their own Yeah, a lot story. of the episodes I've done have been solo episodes, but I'm starting to interview other parents and other professionals because um, what I know is that it, there's there's a hundred million books on parenting and there's blogs and everything about parenting. But when it comes to autism parenting and special needs parenting, it's not that much. There's really not that much out there. And um, we need to learn. We we just want to learn. Like, what do we do? Like, I don't know how to discipline my kid. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. And I'm asking that question every day. So I am always trying to find professionals that can can help us. And like, you are a BCBA and you've studied psychology and behaviors and all of that but these parents us parents we haven't so we all we know is that our kids are having a meltdown and we freaking don't know what to do about it <laughs> and we we don't want to go to the grocery store because they're going to run off and we're going to be that person chasing them down the down the hallway and you know like they're going to run in the street and and everybody's going to stare at us and those are the kinds of things that we just were desperate to learn. And so, yeah, I want to interview a lot more people that can kind of give us that guidance because because um, a lot of a lot of parents, they don't have access to ABA programs yeah, or they don't true. have access to a really good school or or really good programs and they don't have support. A lot of these parents don't have support. So we oh, just oh. we're just going to grab any information that we can. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and about Remy and this inspiration. It, it really like, I don't know, I like feeling the love here because it's great to, to kind of be able to connect with other parents. And I hope everyone listening, you know, feels connected to you and that this can kind of, like I said, be that call to action to develop these relationships with our parents and be really that team. Um, and, you know, parents that are listening, definitely check out Jody's podcast and teachers t check it out too, because it's going to continue to kind of give you that peek into what potentially some of your parents are going for, going through. And it will just enable you to work better as a team. Like whatever we can do to like all be in this together is what we got to do. Um, oh, so thank sure. you, Jody, so much for joining us. This has been so great. Thank you. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for educational resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, and this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. 
TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.